What is up and welcome into the Locked on Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our second season with the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, a lot to get into on today's show. We just received some more bad news for the Chargers, so we're going to start with that because starting center Mike Pouncey has officially been ruled out for the season with a neck injury. He's been placed on injured reserve, and the Chargers brought in center-slash-guard Ryan Groy to fill in that spot on the roster. So we'll talk about that a little bit, too, and what we expect to see out of you know guys like Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp. And then we're going to get into what we do every week on the Thursday show, and that is our keys for success for the game this weekend, the primetime game against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football, even though, hey, like you guys talked about yesterday, David, it may or may not deserve that primetime slot with what these two team seasons have been like so far. So we'll do keys for defense first, and we'll do keys for the offense to wrap up the show. Let's go ahead and get into it. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade with David Drogemeyer. The Chargers on Wednesday officially moved starting center Mike Pouncey to the injured reserve list, and Anthony Lynn talked to the media and officially said that Mike Pouncey's season is over, but that the team is excited that he is okay because it was a neck injury. He is expected to get surgery on his neck. Now the Chargers signed center slash guard Ryan Groy, who spent time with the Buffalo Bills after signing as an undrafted free agent with the Chicago Bears. Has never been a full-time starter, but has had some decent games and some decent seasons with the Buffalo Bills. Not expected to be a starter because we know that is going to be Dan Feeney in place of Mike Pouncey and Forrest Lamp slides in at the left guard spot. But David, the Chargers already had the pulmonary embolism with Russell Okung, which means they aren't even going to check him out until after six weeks. And now you lose your second best offensive lineman from last year. Now the two top offensive linemen from 2018 are not with the team right now, and you have to have other guys step up in their place. Another crucial injury. It seems like every day when we're looking for what to talk about with the news, the Chargers have some sort of injury that we have to talk about. It's just unbelievable. I just I can't believe how many injuries this team has suffered from this year. It's unfathomable to me. But now you look at this offensive line, and all of a sudden, it's an extremely young offensive line group besides Michael Schofield Everyone else on that line's only been in the league for about three or four seasons. So it's a lot of inexperience. It's next man up. I mean, that's all they can afford to do. I mean, as far as the guy they signed, Groy, I don't expect to see him in the lineup at any point. Obviously, you don't know because this team has just been ravaged by injuries. But I think Questionberry would be the next man up in that situation. But I can't believe it. It's just terrible. Yeah, I can believe it. It just seems like the most Chargers thing that could happen. Just more injuries stacked on top of other crucial injuries. And Mike Pouncey was pretty good this year. He was only okay run blocking, but he was actually very good 
pass protecting. ESPN came out with a pass rush win percentage and gave out all of the linemen and what their percentage wins were against the pass rush. And Mike Pouncey came in third in the league in centers, winning 97% of his pass protection set. So he was very good at pass protecting. And that's something the Chargers as a whole on the offensive line have not been very good at so far this season. So it is a big loss for the Chargers. But now Dan Feeney gets to go at center which Anthony Lynn said on Wednesday is probably his more natural position and where the team likes him more and that he was there before the signing of Mike Pouncey and Forrest Lamp gets to come in at left guard and Forrest Lamp had a nice pancake last week. That was exciting to see. And Forrest Lamp, I think, absolutely improves this offensive line. I do not think that Ryan Groy is a part of the plan at this point, but like you said, plans change very quickly. So David, At the end of the day, the Chargers will absolutely miss Mike Pouncey, especially knowing he's gone for the season. But with this injury, I do think that Dan Feeney could be better at center than he was at left guard. And I think that Forrest Lamp will absolutely be better at left guard than Dan Feeney was. This is what we've been wanting to see. You know, we've been wanting to see what Forrest Lamp would look like with extended snaps. And unfortunately, it, it comes because of a very serious neck injury to Mike Pouncey. But This is probably what it was going to take for Forrest Lamp just because Anthony Lynn said that in the past that he just doesn't want to disrupt chemistry on the offensive line. Now there's no choice. So now he gets thrown into the fire and we get to see exactly what Forrest Lamp is all about. I think the more plays he gets, the more games he plays in, the more comfortable he's going to be and the more effective he is going to be for this Chargers offensive line. And all of his teammates have always said in coaching staff that he is the strongest player on the team probably so it is nice to kind of beef up the offensive line in that way I think he will be better in run blocking than the Chargers have been in the last few games especially so I think he helps out there and I think having Dan Feeney at center actually gives him a position where he can be above average I think that his maximum potential at left guard was average I think he can be a little bit better than that at center, and it gives the Chargers a look at potentially their future center. Mike Pouncey's under contract for one more season, but he could absolutely be the starting center of the future if he can play this season, the rest of the year, and excel at that spot. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. And of course, it's very unfortunate that it took a major injury to Mike Pouncey to see it happen. But we do have two more segments to get into, getting into our keys for success in this game. So we're going to go ahead and start with the Chargers defense and what we need to see from them this week against a Steelers offense that has been shaken by injuries as well. Coming up right after this. All right, guys, time to get into the keys for success for the Chargers in this weekend's game against the Steelers. So let's start with the Chargers defense and what they need to do. And I think with the Chargers defense, one thing that really doesn't depend on what team you're playing is just getting off to a better start. Last week, obviously, the Chargers gave up two touchdowns on the first two possessions of the Broncos offense, including a 70-yard touchdown where Rayshon Jenkins misses a big tackle against Cortland Sutton. And that really just was the shock moment of the game, just having the Chargers be down 14-0 before they really even get an extended drive on offense going. But, John, getting into more specifically what you want to see from the Chargers defensively this week against the Steelers, what do you want to see them do? I would like to see us stop Schmitz-Schuster and James Conner and make somebody else beat you. The teams that have been playing the Steelers this year have been doing that a lot. 
and the Steelers' offense struggles a lot without those two making the plays. Most of the Steelers' successful touchdown drives have included Juju Smith-Schuster or James Conner being successful on that drive. Any other drive where you have to rely on somebody else, it most likely is going to fail. There is one guy named Jalen Samuels who can catch a lot of passes and can run the ball pretty well, but he is not the guy that's going to make the team go. He's just going to be the guy that keeps the team in the game. So if you make somebody else beat you, you're more than likely going to stop the Steelers' offense. I like that because you know that those are the big two as far as offensive weapon goes. And another thing in this game that we really have to pay attention to is who's going to be starting for the Steelers at quarterback. We all saw the crushing hit that Mason Rudolph took last week and had to leave the game, was in concussion protocol. But he did practice today. Devlin Hodges, the former Samford quarterback, and I'm not saying Stanford is in the Cardinals. I'm saying Samford is in the FCS team, actually took snaps after Mason Rudolph got injured last week, and you saw the Steelers go to some wildcat with Jalen Samuels, and that was something they had tried out even with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. So I expect to see a lot of those kind of gadget things from the Steelers this week. They're going to try to do a lot of jet sweep action. They're going to try to misdirect the Chargers in a lot of way to try to stir something up running the football. It has not been a good rushing team so far. So I think they're going to try to run the ball, obviously, especially against the Chargers defense that gave up over 190 rushing yards last week. So you have to stop James Conner there, who has not really been great running the football. But I am a little concerned about Jalen Samuels and James Conner just out of the backfield. The game before last against the Bengals, James Conner had eight catches And none of them are really dynamic routes down the field. But with the Chargers defense, David, you have to be able to tackle those guys. So I think the Chargers linebackers and safeties and coverage against the running backs in this game and an offense that is probably going to make a lot of short passes is going to be very key. What do you think is the Chargers defense's key for success? So I think they are going to try to run the ball, but, you know, just looking at the games that they've played this season, they have not done it very well. So I'm going to say that you respect the run, but you're going to look for the pass first. In pretty much every game they've played this season, they have not eclipsed 100 yards rushing at all. 32, 81, 79, 66, and 77. So you're going to look for the pass first. And also because, you know, you're more than likely going to have that rookie quarterback Hodges out there, look for some interceptable passes. I mean, we talked to Lockdown Steelers, and they said that he's going to take some shots down the field. So when he, when he does, the, the Chargers pass defense need to be ready for it. They do need to be ready for it. And James Washington is a guy that's not going to be out there. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. So that hurts them as far as the vertical passing game goes a little bit. But even when Devlin was in there, they were taking some deep shots. So no matter who they have in there at quarterback, Their philosophy is going to change some, but they still believe in taking shots down the field. And when you have a lack of a running game, that tends to happen. I mean, you tend to need to take some shots to really gain a lot of field position at one time. John, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what would happen if we do see Devlin Hodges this week. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are taking Hodges lightly. This is a guy who, even though he played at an FCS school, He was the all-time passing yards leader in the FCS. Over 14,000 yards, yeah. Yeah, passing Steve McNair, who was the former record holder when he played at Alcorn State. So that's something to mention. This guy can throw the ball really well, and he can throw it accurately, and he's a lot smarter than you would think he is. His football IQ is pretty high. 
Last week, he went 7 of 9 against the Ravens defense as coming off the bench. So he wasn't even like in the groove. He just came in and did his job, found the guy that was open, knew what coverage the Ravens were in. He knows his stuff, but the thing that he did struggle with, I saw some of his college games, if he gets pressure in his face, he tends to want to throw the ball out of bounds. He'll run, he'll extend the play, but he will more than likely throw the ball out of bounds because he's more worried about making the right play than trying to make the big play. He has some mobility as well. I mean, I saw him get out of the pocket and extend extend drives with his legs, so that's something the Chargers defense need to keep an eye on as well. Well, and they're going to try to get him on the move, you know, rollouts, easy passes to the tight ends. We saw that a lot. And then mix in the run when they can. I mean, at one point last week, they were pretty much exclusively running the ball and taking short passes with maybe one deep throw in the mix. And that's something that the Chargers defense has struggled with, just giving up super easy seven-yard gains from the offense on second and 10 when they finally do get that first stop on first and 10 against the run. So I think that that, I mean, obviously tackling is is a huge thing and we talk about that every week, but I do think that another thing that is something we have to talk about every week is the pass rush. We don't know if Melvin Ingram is going to play this week. He definitely thinks he's going to play this week, but Uchenna Nwosu was really good last week and we saw the Chargers finally getting back to being able to find some pressure with four defenders. So The Steelers have a pretty good offensive line, especially pass blocking their top 10 in the NFL and pass blocking percentage for their offensive line. And the Chargers are not in the top 10 of defensive pass rush wins. So something has to give in this game. And if you're talking about either quarterback, because, hey, at this point, we still don't know which one of those guys is going to be out there. You have to get in his face and not give him super easy reads, force him into some tough situations, especially if it's Mason Rudolph, who doesn't like to throw the ball away and had a couple of balls that should have been intercepted before he got hurt last week against the Ravens. Make him try to force some throws. Don't just give them easy reads. And that's absolutely going to help your defense. But you're going to have to get off to a better start than you have been, John. And that comes with the game planning part of the game. The Chargers this week need to have a much better game plan than the one they came out against the Broncos with last week. They do. They got to become more aggressive and be out there expecting to take over the game right away last last week against the Broncos it kind of looked like they were a little bit nervous like one big play by the Broncos and it's oh crap they're hitting us in the face we gotta what are we gonna do we gotta do this we gotta do that what are we gonna do like so there was one I I forget which player it was but if you look back there was one of the defensive players one of the linebackers looked like he couldn't figure out which spot he was supposed to be in after the first play of the game it's kind of crazy the Chargers don't want to land the first punch, but if they take the first punch. And that's kind of been a thing with the Chargers this season. And you've taken a, many leads into the second half and not been able to come out of halftime and, and make the necessary adjustments to either get back in the game or to continue to beat the other team and pull away from the other team. So I think both sides of the ball this week really need a statement game. You can't let them dictate what they want to do to you. And the Broncos were able to do that last week when they had a 14-0 to lead. They could do whatever they want. They didn't have to pass. They didn't have to run. I think if you can get this Steelers offense into a spot where you make them want more one-dimensional than they've already been so far this year, it only helps. And I think you're going to need some strong play out of some players that we haven't seen a lot from. Roger Teamer has to have a good game this week. I mean, he's one of three healthy safeties on the roster right now with Jalen Watkins and Rayshon Jenkins. So you're going to need much better safety play, especially against a team that's going to take some shots and is going to at least attempt to run the ball. 
So we're going to have to see a lot from some players we haven't this week for the Chargers to have success defensively. But I think it's very key for them to get off to a fast start. But we do have one more segment to get into, getting into the keys to success for the offense. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you have a good feeling about this game, there's only one place to take that good feeling to, and that is mybookie.ag. Do you ever find yourself wishing you can make some extra cash with your NFL knowledge? At mybookie, they want to make that dream come true for you this season. Right now, all players are invited to the free $50,000 Survivor Contest, winner takes all. Contest starts October 8th and closes October 14th before the start of Monday Night Football. Between the football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and the NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, MyBookie will actually double your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, to activate the offer at MyBookie.ag today. You put in 100 bucks, they will match that $100, and you can be betting in time for Thursday night football tonight. When you guys go to MyBookie.ag today, you play, you win, you get paid. And, hey, say you win a bunch of money, say you win that $50,000, I know exactly what you need to do with it. You need to take that money down to Metro Infinity right off the 210 in Monrovia because they have a brand new multi-million dollar facility that you absolutely have to check out right now with over 50 certified pre-owned Infinities as well. They're the only family-run dealership in California and they've been in business for over 25 years and they're the number one volume dealer in California as well. So that speaks for itself. One of my favorite parts about Metro Infinity is that if you don't like going into the dealership, it's no problem at all because they will bring your new car and the paperwork to your home or office and complete the whole transaction there. Make sure to tell them that Locked On Chargers sent you and you will get another $500 off any car purchase. If you are thinking about a new Infinity or even in the market for a new car, please give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, guys, you will not regret it. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or at MetroInfinity.com and you can go in there and lease a brand new Infinity Q50 3.0 luxury loaded with navigation for just $1,000 down and $325 a month plus tax. That's it, $1,000 down and a low payment. Plus, if you mention the Locked On Charger sent you, you can get an extra $500 knocked off of that. All right, guys, time to get into the last segment of the day, getting into the Chargers keys for success offensively this is where I really am concerned about the Chargers this week really on both sides of the ball but when you're going up against this Pittsburgh defensive line and defensive front that's something that scares me especially you know with the Mike Pouncey news this week this is an offensive line that is in a transition somewhat and you have guys like TJ Watt Stephon Tuitt Cameron Hayward just some straight up ballers on the inside and the outside of that defensive line for the Steelers so For me, the first key to success has to be the offensive line and keeping Phillip Rivers upright. If the Chargers want to find something in this game that isn't Austin Eckler out of the backfield 15 times in the game, they're going to have to give Phillip Rivers some time to develop some routes out there with Mike Williams and maybe even whoever wants to fill in for Travis Benjamin if he can't get it done. But the Chargers need to find a passing offense a little bit farther down the field than they did last week. And that starts with keeping Phillip Rivers up and 
Another thing that has to be a key for success in this game, David, has to be get Keenan Allen more involved. I mean, after the extremely hot start to the season, teams have been able to take him away a little bit. I mean, he had four for 40 plus in the game against the Dolphins, but I don't really count that because of the 65 yard touchdown. They called back with that penalty. But last week has four catches for under 20 yards, which is just something you never thought you would see out of Keenan Allen this season. No matter what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do defensively this game against Keenan Allen, they need to find a way to get their best offensive player so far this season back involved. I feel like you're looking at my screen and reading my notes, Daniel, because on my screen it says get Keenan Allen involved early and often. I feel like when you, when he gets the football and gets a couple of receptions early, that starts to build his confidence. He starts to talk a little bit of trash. When he's talking trash, Keenan Allen is at his absolute best. And, you know, he takes over games. He has the ability to do that. But they want the Chargers to get him the ball as early as, as possible. Let him get into that groove and just take over the game. Now, for me, my key is that the Steelers' defense, you know, funny enough, is they're actually giving up 99 or more yards in every single game that they've lost this year. So the key is to run the damn football. And I mean, like stick with it. Obviously there is an opportunity here for the chargers to establish the run game, run right at those big interior defensive linemen and wear them out. But obviously the Steelers have really struggled stopping opposing offenses from running the ball. So the chargers need to run the ball down their throat. And it's always key for the Chargers to run the football and keep a balanced offense because we saw what the offense looked like last week when Phillip Rivers was throwing it near 50 times, and it's not good. So I definitely think that they need to run the football. I think Austin Eckler has to be more involved actually getting carries. I would even like to see Troy Main Pope get some more carries before I'd be comfortable giving the ball to Melvin Gordon 25 times on the ground, to be honest. But I think that with Melvin Gordon coming into a bigger role this week from what Anthony Lynn said, even though he said, hey, guys, Austin Eckler still had the most touches last week out of anyone. They obviously want to get Melvin Gordon the ball on the ground. So hopefully we can have a better game. But I think what you saw last week against the Denver Broncos team that wasn't good at stopping the run with, they still have playmakers. They still have guys that can go in and make some plays and make you get away from the running game. And that's something the Chargers just can't afford to do. They gave up a lot of rushing yards against the Ravens, but a lot of that was Lamar Jackson. You don't have that dual threat. And even when the running backs were getting going, I mean, it opens up seams when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson that can take it outside on any given play. So I think the Chargers have to be better. And when you see, John, a a game like the 49ers last week and just how creative that Kyle Shanahan is with those running plays. I mean, what they were able to do with Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman in that game was just so impressive. It made me very jealous of their scheming, their creative running plays. I really want to see some more of that from the Chargers because when it comes to their running game and our running game, it's a night and day difference, and the Chargers need to get on that level if they want to run the ball effectively in this league. They do. They got to be a lot more creative offensively, even with the passing game as well. They got to be creative and be aggressive with their play calling and find a way to scheme your guys open. You don't have to create great blocking all the time just to get a good running play. It could be something that gets the defense going one way and gives your offense that slight little advantage of blocking to go the other way. And the running back has the whole sideline to run because the defense was fooled. It could be two running backs. One acts like they have the handoff, and the other one gets it, and they both the linebackers have to stop and figure out which one has the ball. 
If you just do something simple and creative as that, you could stop the Steelers team. They are 21st in the league with run defense, giving up over 126 yards a game. If you stick to the run, and I personally would like to run Eckler more than Gordon, if you could stick to the run and be creative with those plays, you can open up the passing game and give Rivers protection because now he's not going to have a linebacker trying to blitz him every time because they have to account for the run outside. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is that the Steelers, if they have a strength defensively, it's pass rushing and it's also their secondary with Joe Hayden out there and they have some playmakers on the back end. I think their safeties are okay. I think they could be tested and the Chargers should test them. But you're right. I mean, hey, I wouldn't have a big problem with Austin Eckler getting more carries in this game than Melvin Gordon. It's just... Seems like there's just no way that's going to happen. I want some Justin Jackson back in the Chargers offense, getting those chunk yardage run plays one after the other. So I'm excited to get Justin Jackson hopefully back on the field here soon because I think he is an important part of this Chargers offense when he's in the game. And another key matchup, I think, right now for the Chargers offense against the Steelers defense is who is going to come to play at tight end. We don't know if we're going to have Hunter Henry in the mix yet. But if he isn't there, David, the Chargers need to find something in the receiving game with their tight ends because they just has been non-existent, letting defenses put more attention towards Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and the running game because there is really no threat right now from the Chargers as far as the tight end position goes. And I think they really hurt them last week against the Broncos. So this week, I want to see the tight ends get more involved, whether it's Virgil Green, Lance Kendricks, or if Hunter Henry is able to go. The Chargers need something in the passing game out of the tight ends because that has been something that Phillip Rivers has loved to go to over the years. And this year, he just doesn't have a guy. I mean, even last year, at least he had Antonio Gates have 30 catches. No no tight end this year is going to get close to that if the Chargers keep up at the pace they currently are. The Chargers need something this week in the receiving game, David, out of their tight ends to keep the chains moving. Yeah, I mean, the only check down option that you have cannot just be the running backs. I mean, if you look at Philip Rivers' career, obviously he's had the benefit of having a, a future first ballot Hall of Famer in Antonio Gates along with him for most of the ride. But that's been one of his biggest security blankets, just that tight end position. And also it'll help you open the middle of the field. So Lance Kendricks, Virgil Green, those guys need to, to step up and, and actually contribute. That way, you know, when you do throw it to the flat and the running backs have more of an opportunity to try to get some yards because that's not the only check down option that Phillip Rivers has. I mean, last week Eckler had 15 catches, but none of them were particularly effective because the Broncos knew that he was going to be the only check down option. So to mix, mix things up and just kind of open up a different sector to the field is definitely going to be important on Sunday night. And using Derek Watt at tight end probably would help, too. He can be that kind of player, and he can run after the catch, and he can block. At this point, I would welcome seeing Derek Watt play some tight end with the lack of productivity that we've seen from them, or even Derek Watt catching the ball out of the backfield a little bit more because we saw him target him twice last week. Obviously, one gets called back from penalties, but hey, I mean, every time he gets the ball in his hands, it's never a negative play in the passing game. You'll take any kind of positive chunk yards, seven or eight yards that you can get. You don't need 20. Seven or eight is fine on pretty much any play. So I I like that. And I think some other key matchups in this game is going to be TJ Watt against the tackles, Trent Scott and Sam Tevy. How are the Chargers going to combat that? Are they going to see some more chips? I've seen too many third and seven plays where Sam Tevy and Trent Scott have one-on-ones with really good pass rushers with no chips or anything on them. That can't happen again this week. 
And if we're talking about the Chargers offense, the last key has to be if you get the chance to put points on the board, do it. No more turnovers in the red zone and end zone. No more penalties calling back touchdowns. I think that's pretty much. <laughs> is that a, is, is that the big three? And make your field goals, I guess, is the other one. But and uh, get started faster. Come out of the yeah. blocks firing. I mean, they've slept walk through pretty much every game this season, and I'm sick and tired of it. They need to come out firing. I want to see them just score. I want to see them knife right through the defense, get in the end zone, and set the tone immediately. Well, never let the foot off the gas, too. I mean, we've actually seen some pretty good offensive first half, guys. I mean, we've seen the Chargers take leads into the half in many, almost all of the games this season. So the Chargers have done something right offensively in the first half, but the first drive specifically has netted zero points for the Chargers so far this season. The Chargers are going to have to have a good game offensively. They need to really put it on the Steelers defense this week if they want to get back into playoff contention because right now nobody's taking this Chargers team serious. And I know it sucks to hear that, but that is the truth. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow. That is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow we'll be getting into our game predictions and our bold predictions for this game. And we also have four voicemails that we get to play on tomorrow's show. So thank you to everyone that called in to the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. If you guys want to get on there, make sure to call into 323 324-7924. They might not make it on it this week, but if you guys have general questions about the Chargers and you send those voicemails, then I promise to get them in on the next one. But until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, LockedOnChargers, so you can get all the shows. And the easiest way to get the show is just by subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can usually get that before everyone else does. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to put our money where our mouth is and make our predictions on this game. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.